This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It's time for the Thursday edition here on the August 10th. That's the date on the calendar. That is edition of your favorite. I know. We know it's your favorite NFL and Raiders podcast, Silver and Black Today, and Odyssey Original Podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, you can subscribe to it. Please do that for us. Turn on the auto download. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscription and the notifications bell. We certainly appreciate it. Of course, Thursdays is also our mailbag segment. So if you'd like to send us some mail, just just send us a note. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. And I say us because I bring in my partner. That is Mo Moten. He's the senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. And you can follow him on Twitter or send him questions or comments at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. All right, Mo, the season's getting closer. We have a game tonight, the first preseason game outside of the Hall of Fame game, of course, the Patriots and the Texans. So here we go. I know that means uh, your life is a lot busier as you get ready to cover the entire league. But, man, just having football on again on Thursdays and then going into the weekends with the pregame schedule. Of course, the Raiders practicing with the 49ers this week to end the week out before they play them in a preseason game in Las Vegas on Sunday. So here we go. But I know everybody's excited. Most most people are excited. Some people, and we'll get into it a little bit later as we talk about some of the mailbag comments, uh, little people still not happy with where their team is at, but I'm happy football's back. How about you? Thursday night football's back, sort of. <laughs> uh, Raiders had their Raiders had their first joint practice with the 49ers today, so they're gearing up for their game on Sunday. By the way, I will have a post game show after that. Just a shameless plug there, but no, it's we're <laughs> ba- finally back to having football games. I know we got to see Dorian Thompson Robinson show out against the Jets in the Hall of Fame game. Now it's in full swing where every all the other teams get involved, and we get to watch some real football. Some of you degenerates out there get to bet on preseason football, Kelly Kreiner. And, <laughs> you know, it's the, start of, it's the start of football season, so I'm excited. Yes, and Kelly swears, and actually I've seen a couple headlines recently as obviously the <laughs> betting content starts to increase as people yeah. about betting on the preseason and actually you can make some money at it. But then again, uh, I'm sure those people are also sponsored by sports books. And let me get your comment about that too, by the way. ESPN. Is going to do a sport. ESPN, who is bleeding viewers uh, and having other troubles along with the entire family of Disney companies, uh, is getting into the sports book business. Um, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised, number one, but I am surprised at the timing because, uh, I mean, listen, it's a big business. Everybody wants their piece now. But as everything started to launch, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, with uh, legalized betting becoming more popular in states and 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 ratified in states, are, are you are you shocked at their timing, Mo? I, I it just seems like it was a little anticlimactic. I'm not shocked the timing. Football, as we just said, football season is around a corner. You gotta you gotta get in on it on this. Well, the now. season timing, but I mean I mean them getting into the business. You would have thought this would have been something they had done back when we saw other we saw the big sports books do it. They have the power of the four-letter brand that they've had for so long. I just was surprised they didn't do it two years ago. That's that's the timing I'm talking about. 
Okay. So yeah, I mean, I guess I, it could have, should have happened. Maybe, maybe it would have happened sooner. You know how these things go. It's not a unilateral decision. It's got to right. go through a lot of people. A lot Regulatory. Of people have to stamp their approval on it. So you got to go through a lot of red tape before things like that, big decisions like that are made. Mm. So that's probably what the holdup was. There's probably someone higher up in the, in the, in the food chain that was kind of resistant because let's be honest, there are some people out there who still look at sports betting as, oh, sports betting is, you know, for a while wasn't, as you said, wasn't legal everywhere. So mm-hmm. there are still some people out there who have that old school state of mind. I'm sure there was somebody probably in the board of directors or a high executive with that old school state of mind and decided to, well, I have to adapt. Everyone else is dipping into the pool. We have to do it, too, to make some money. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and they need money. So that... <laughs> Why not uh, take football betters on right away to get some of that cash flow? Going? All right, so we're going to get into Raiders now. Obviously, as camp rolls on, um, going into the game here coming up on Sunday and the joint practices with the 49ers, the Raiders released their first depth chart. Now, overall, depth charts in general aren't – it's not the Bible. It's not the word coming from on high. It just usually is directional. Now, you get into the season, it's pretty close. But preseason depth chart, you can't get too serious about it. But at the same time, uh, it starts to give you a little bit of clue on early thinking, a little bit at least, going into into some of these preseason games. Uh, I want to get your first take on this, this, this depth chart and what you think. Any surprises for you? Anything that stick out for you so far in seeing that first version? As far as the offensive defense is concerned, I think the depth chart that they put out probably could be could be the depth chart for week one. Now, I do think mm-hmm. there will be some changes. As you said, the depth chart before the first preseason game means absolutely nothing. I remember when Jack <laughs> Del Rio was the head coach, he said, we'll kiss who's part of, I think, the PR team there yeah, will put together the, the depth chart for him. So, I don't know how much the coach, the coaches probably don't spend a lot of time on this. I wouldn't read too much into it, but there's one thing that stood out to me that I think is worth noting. DeAndre Carter is listed as the starting kick and punt returner. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the depth chart, most of the new guys that are young guys or guys that are fringe roster guys aren't listed as starters. Now, of course, your your accomplished new guys are listed as stars. Marcus mm-hmm. Peters, of course, right. he's going to be listed as a starter because he's accomplished uh, accomplished player. Mm-hmm. Robert Spillane, though he's not doesn't have a lot of experience, listed as a starter. He's a veteran. Same with Marcus Epps, who we've heard has had a strong camp, listed as a starter. But I thought it was interesting that they they pushed back Amir Abdullah, who was I believe mm-hmm. the the uh, kick punt returner. They also pushed back. Hunter Renfro, who handled punts, and they have DeAndre Carter. Now, DeAndre Carter is new, not not really established, coming off one of his better years, I think his right. best years as far as a receiver. But the fact that he's listed as the lead punt return guy and he's a new guy, I think that's worth noting. Yeah. No, that stuck out at me, too. And I saw Hunter Renfro there on the depth chart second behind Carter, and I wonder why he's even there, period. Like, again, after after what we saw last year, uh, and and Hunter's um, health, you would think that they want to keep him there, but who knows? It, it again, you can't read too much into it. But for me, Mo, looking at the depth chart, I immediately went to offensive line and defensive line because we heard some things, and it turns out we talked about on our show what ended up being, and he did a full mea culpa on it, uh, was Vic Tafer thinking that Jermaine Illuminor was playing at right guard, which he didn't. Jermaine Illuminor went on Twitter to say, "No, I didn't." Um, and of course people pile on and try to think, well, he's lying. No, Vic wasn't lying. Sometimes you're out there at practice. It's hard to see across the field. You think you see something and there you go. But nonetheless, um, you look at Alex Barr's listed at, uh, right guard with Greg Van Routen right behind him and Jermaine Illuminor at right tackle, Dylan Parham, everything else the same as last year. Uh, the other issue there too, and I say line, but really it's tight end, which is Austin Hooper, not surprised listed as the number one heading into the first preseason game. Michael Mayer, I still think eventually he will be the starter, but being a young guy too, there's psychology at play here, Mo. You don't want some of these young guys to think like, oh, they've earned the spot. Yes, it's the first preseason game. We talked about how little it means, but I think there's a little bit of gamesmanship there. And when coaches say, yeah, we don't put a lot of time or thought into the depth chart. That's true, but I also think 
that they are very careful not to send signals to guys that, hey, you got this thing locked up when it's just the first free, very first preseason game. Yeah, prime example in Atlanta, B. John Robinson is listed as a mm -hmm. third running back. You yeah. think B. John Robinson is going to go into week one as a third running back? No, no sir. He's going to get 20 to 25 touches. And then this is that's why I said it was important to point out DeAndre Carr. DeAndre Carr is not a rookie or a young guy, but the fact that he's not established like Marcus Peters, mm. or we haven't heard that he has he's had a strong camp like Marcus Epps, and the fact that he's listed as the starting kick punt returner, I think is notable, being that Hunter Renfro has more experience there. I mean, Abdullah was the guy there last year, so you would assume that he would have been in that spot just to carry it over, as most of these uh, players are from last year. But the fact that DeAndre Carter is there, I think it's, it's important. And I, again, I'm not reading too far into it. DeAndre Carter may be cut by the end of August. Who knows? But I think it's notable that they're giving him a shot to take over both those duties because it gives him a line to get on the roster, even if Hunter Renfro is not traded, even if Trey Tucker is a part of this offense. DeAndre Carter has a spot and it could be on special teams. Yeah, absolutely. Then you look at cornerbacks, right? Nate Hobbs listed one there with Jacorian Bennett, Tyler Hall, Sam Webb, then Marcus Peters, the starting on the other side with Brandon Faison, Amik Robertson, and Duke Shelley. So again, with those roles and what those roles may be, that's not surprising at all, too. And then the rest of the offense, as you talked about, Zamir White at running back. On the inside of the def defense, Tillery, Nichols, um, and then, of course, Crosby and Jones, linebacker Diablo Spillane, uh, and, and Masterson, of course. So, so again, no surprises. And, and we have to see these guys go out there and play. We're going to have to see how things go this week in practice. We'll get, we'll get good intel starting today uh, after, after the practice with the 49ers. And then, of course, on the game on Sunday, just to see who kind of sticks out and starts to make a name for themselves and maybe start to take some steps towards who's going to earn those jobs. But it'll be a few weeks before we really have a solid set on, on what's going to go on there going into week one. Not going to go crazy over this, but did you notice that Ja'Cory Bennett is listed to have Duke Shelley and David Long Jr. and Meek Robinson? Now, yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. I, look, it, it just may be because they drafted him fourth and they, you know, you're a drafted player. These guys are new. You're free mm -hmm. agents. Maybe that may be the case, but... Jacorian Bennett has had a ask any Raiders reporter who's been yes. at practice. They said Jacorian Bennett has had a strong camp. So I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that his name is is up there before Amik, David, and Duke. Not to say that he's going to be ahead of them week one, but I think it's you never know. To know. Well, and I'm, that's why I'm interested. These practices the next few days and then the game on Sunday, that's, I mean, Yes, it's not overall exciting to watch a preseason game, but the position battles and to see some of these young players, how they do against live competition, especially in a game environment, getting into the stadium, some of these rookies first time playing in a big NFL stadium, even if they played at big programs, it's a different feeling. So I'm really looking forward to that. And we'll have a better sense. Uh, and when we talk with you, we also have a post-game show, Mo. So we're going to do that. Mo, uh, Murph and I will, yeah, Murph and I will be on live after the 49er game too to talk about what we saw. But nonetheless, I think after the game, we're going to be able to talk. And when you and I get back together on Tuesday, we'll be able to talk about the the kind of what we witnessed there, what we saw, and who played well, who didn't, who struggled. Uh, because there's guys fighting for jobs, veterans, rookies, everybody is in the same boat. There's very few people who have a guaranteed to make this roster. We know who they are, but overall, you're still fighting for playing time. You're fighting for positioning. If you're a free agent who came in for the first year, you're trying to make the team and, and make the money that's part of your contract should you make the team. So it'll be interesting, and I think we'll have an opportunity to, to, to get a better sense of where this team is. But clearly we've seen a lot of talk about how the defense looks pretty good. We'll see if that holds true against the 49ers. Yeah, you say we as a, as a not part of this operation, but no, just jokingly saying that. Just remember, when I'm on Bleach Report, that's an immediate reaction. I usually watch the game two or three times before I come on this show and talk yes. about it. So you're going to get you're going to get the detailed response here. You're going to get the immediate response of Bleach Report. You're going to get the detailed breakdown when I rejoin you, Scott, for on, on Tuesday for Tuesday's show. And I'm going to have I'm probably going to have some things that I missed, some things that I, I took note of that I didn't see initially. So 
getting to break down football again, that, that's the exciting part of this whole process. Hey, listen, you know Raider fans, they want as much content as they can get. And and the, the <laughs> I mean, I watch the Bleacher Report lives. You never seem to respond to my comments when I'm on there, but but that's okay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's about it's about the fans. That's so that's cool. But nonetheless, so it's all good. And and I think that people get an opportunity to to hear that. I mean, you get instant reactions, great, because you kind of it's it's kind of guttural. It's like, hey, this is what we saw. But then to your point, you get to do it after you now and analyze and analyze. Hello, Scott. Analyze. <laughs> yes, analyze. We're getting close to the weekend. Uh, analyze. Then you get the opportunity to really take a deeper dive. Uh, and I always enjoy that because I watch the second or third time you watch the game. Um, you're able to really pick up on some things you didn't or focus on areas. You can focus on areas and then come back to it, which is great. So I know everybody will enjoy that. OK, we're going to step aside for our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about. Devontae Adams causing issues again? Really? Nah, I don't think so. But anyway, we're going to talk about Devontae Adams, his comments to the NFL Network about Josh Jacobs coming up after the break. You're with Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. You are with Mo and Scott. Yes, our, our wonderful and soothing voices will take you through what's happening in Raider Nation here on Silver Mike today, an Odyssey original podcast. Mo is the senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. Also, the Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. Follow him on Twitter. At Mo Moton, M O E M O T O N. I am at LV Gully, the show SNB today. Okay, Mo, I, I don't know, man. I just, I can't stand where things are going sometimes. I, I really feel, and I know we make jokes about me being the oldest guy in the room and all that stuff, but I, I'm just, I cannot believe what we do as media and content creators, taking stories and blowing them completely out of proportion so they, in essence, become false. And I want to address that because Devontae Adams, again, if you remember going back to the offseason where he talked about how, hey, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not real happy where things were going with this. I didn't know the plan, all that kind of stuff. Blown out of proportion. If you read it and we played it on this show, uh, what he really said was, you know, yeah, I have some concerns and whatnot, but, you know, it's cool. I talked to the front office and they, they explained to me. So now Devontae Adams 
um, has an interview with uh, Bridget Condon of the NFL Network. Okay, and the headlines all over is Adams not happy with direction of Raiders. Adams not happy. Josh Jacobs isn't in camp. And I mean, even worse headlines than that, like, you know, Devontae Adams. And then there's people again. I got an inquiry from a radio station in L.A. yesterday. Hey, can you come on and talk about a possible Devontae Adams trade? I'm like, there's not going to be a Devontae Adams trade. okay? other than people like drilling on Mo's roof. That's what you're hearing in the background. Mo, are they trying to get you out of there finally? No. <laughs> they're, building a, they're building a mansion across the street yes. that I won't be living in. The, mid, the Midtown Mo <laughs> Mansion. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, so Bridget Condon, um, it's one sentence. If you read the quote from what he said to her, it's like, yeah, uh, I'm not happy. I want him to be in camp. He's the best running back in the NFL. We're better with him. Okay. What's wrong? So now it becomes the Raiders are a mess and the Raiders, Devontae Adams wants out. I mean, I saw headlines like that, Mo. And so you look at this thing and, and of course, you know, what's he supposed to say? Oh, I don't care if Josh Jacobs isn't here or, hey, Josh, whatever you got to do, you got to do. No, he's, he's saying he wants his, it's your best running back. Of course you want him in camp. If you're the leader of the offense, which in essence he is, I know Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. But we talked about this in the offseason, too. Devontae Adams is a leader. He's been leading ever since the Derek Carr turnover and sat the last two games of the season. It's been Devontae Adams. He's taken control there, it looks like, in the locker room, along with Josh Jacobs, by the way, when he was there. So you look at this, and of course he's not happy that his teammate's not there. Who would be? But it blows my mind because this fuels, unfortunately, fans get upset, right? Fans who might beyond the cursory they they pay attention to the raiders they love the raiders but they don't spend hours and hours and hours a day looking at media reports they see this stuff it's just like this doomsday feeling around Devonte adams like he can't possibly be happy now no question Devonte adams wants to win a super bowl if the raiders go really far backwards we've talked about it he could maybe want out at some point but right now this it's almost like people wishing and projecting a Devonte adams divorce and I just can't understand what the motivation here is other than attention, clicks, and whatever else they're doing. All right, so fans listening to this, anyone listening to this, I'm going to give you a quick lesson on a clickbait article. <laughs> Good. This is exactly what's happening because I, I saw it happen yesterday in real time. Devontae Adams gets on with, Brid with Bridget Connor, as you said, and also with David Shaw, former Stanford head coach, was up there with him. Yep. And he's talking about, asking about Josh Jacobs, and – as you said, everything in context. He says, I'm not happy, of course, with him not being here. So with a click, what a clickbaiter would do was take that part of what he said, I'm not happy, and put it in the headline. Devontae Adams is not happy, but they're not saying or giving the whole context of the quote. He's saying, I'm not happy because Josh Jacobs isn't here. So of course, he's going to say that, as you said. Who would be happy that there's lead running back who just won the Russian title is not at camp? Of course, he's not happy. But I will say this, when he had that interview with Marin Fader and he mm -hmm. said, I don't see eye to eye at the front office, they're going to use that. They're going to use that with him saying, I'm not happy right now to connect the two to say, see, he said he doesn't see front office, doesn't see eye to eye at the front office a couple of months ago, a few months ago. And now he's saying he's not happy. So this is kind of like a let's take let's cobble together multiple quotes that are unrelated. Yes. Unrelated and make it into a and and make it into a story. What he said to Marin, Marin Fader has nothing to do with this situation with Josh Jacobs. It's a separate situation. How he felt back then about the direction of the offense and the team is different from him saying, "Man, I wish Josh Jacobs was here." Because that's essentially what he's saying. Man, I wish Josh Jacobs was here. I'm not happy that he's not here. But it is what it is, and we're going to continue to forge forward and see what we can do at the running back position. Because that was the whole context of his quote was, yes, he's not here, but we'll see what we can do with him or without him. Right. But they're going to take the I'm not happy part and put it in headlines and say, Devontae Adams is not happy. Let's let's cook up some trade scenarios for Devontae Adams to leave the Raiders because he isn't happy. And we have proof that he's not happy because a few months ago, he said he didn't see eye to eye at the front office. That's what happens. That's how a clickbait article is born. Correct. And that's where, too, I look at the Raiders, and, and I'm knocking on wood for all you in Raider Nation out there that are fans. 
if you look at how things have gone in the offseason, with the exception of the Josh Jacobs contract situation, it's been pretty mellow. I mean, even camp. Look, look how camp has gone. Not a lot of big stuff other than people freaking out over Jimmy Jimmy's gimmies. There's there haven't been any big there hasn't been turmoil, right? But this Raiders France so, so I look at both sides of it here too. The clickbait stuff, you're absolutely right, Mo, and thank you for that for educating folks out there about how it's war, how it works when you pull items out of quotes and then connect them together to cobble a story that really doesn't exist, but you're gonna make it that way so people just click through and read it. But if you look at the Raiders, the Raiders have been a mess for for 25 years for the most part, okay? So so that's the conditioning in the national media. So whenever they see something, they immediately jumped it. Now, as you know, I on Thursday or excuse me, on Tuesdays and Fridays, I'm doing spots on, on ESPN Radio 1320 in Sacramento, who's now the official flagship station for the Raiders there. And I even had to fight some of that with uh, James, who's the guy who covers actually the Sacramento Kings. He was subbing in uh, for JLo on the show. And, and um, he was talking about well, this, you know, how does it feel the A's are going to move to Vegas and you have the worst owners in all of sports? I said, cool. Well, yeah, I get, and I, and I corrected him. I said, listen, I understand you got to win on the field and the Raiders have not done that consistently for a very long time. But it was the same day that the rankings came out and the Raiders were ranked number 10 as the most, number nine, most valuable franchise. Uh, they used to be like the 31st most valuable franchise. So Mark Davis, while maybe success hasn't found them on the field, and that's something they got to do, uh, he has built a business. The move to Nevada obviously was huge for them. So so these things, if people are so preconditioned to the Raiders being a mess. I also think that plays into it because if you're not a Raiders fan, think about all those people who click, oh, look at the Raiders, a mess again. They got problems again, right? And then, of course, yesterday, Damon Arnett comes up again, even though he hasn't been with the team. It's like, okay, he, he, he steals watches and money from OnlyFans models. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. That's exactly who you would expect him to be hanging out with. Uh, did you see the story, Mo? I saw the woman. She told the story. Oh, my gosh. She's like. If you oh. haven't checked that out, please, just Damon Arnett OnlyFans oh. model. And, I mean. and you, I, I'm sorry. I hate to laugh at people. In bad situations, but the yeah. way she told the story, the way he how he stole her watch, yeah, was ridiculous. And then, and then showing the video outside her house of them taking her phone and stealing her money, like wow. Yeah. So this is a guy who actually had a cup of coffee in the NFL. It's crazy. But see, but see those stories, those things, and of course, again, Damon Arnett. They got rid of him. They saw what happened after the gun incident. Yeah. But it still follows the brand, right? Because the brand has has been through this period of time. So this is why these national media outlets, and I say national media outlets, not like all of them are big national media outlets. Some of them, that's what they peddle in. They peddle in kind of rumor stuff, uh, clutch points. And so they they have this idea of the Raiders being a mess, and the Raiders are always screwing up, and the Raiders are doing things. So I think the Devontae Adams things fits into that too. Uh, and of course, you saw what happened with the end of the Gruden era, and then of course last year with Josh McDaniels coming in and then underperforming in the Derek Carr jazz, all that stuff. So it's interesting, but it just seems as though, and it happens in the fan base too, Mo. It just seems like there's people rooting for the franchise to fail. Friend of the show, OG Lucille on Twitter, had a tweet late Wednesday. She said the Raiders are playing. Basically, I'm paraphrasing for her, but she basically she said the Raiders are playing Sunday, and I can barely get excited about it because someone hops in her mentions and goes, you know, the Raiders are going to suck. Why are you rooting for the Raiders? It's, it's going to be a dumpster fire, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I told her, don't let the negative Nate and Nancy's out there steal her joy. If you're a Raider right. fan out there and you're listening to the show or you're listening to any, any other show or reading an article and you just get down about the season because of what people are saying, I, I would say, Wave your fan flag and, and just be excited that yeah. football is back. You get to watch your football team because regardless of how bad or how good the season is going to be for the Raiders, there are there always going to be something. There are always going to be good things you can take from the season, and there are always going to be some terrible things you can take from the season. Whether you're right. 0-17 or 17-0, there's always something you positive, negative on both sides of the spectrum that you can take. Now, there could be obviously the Raiders are 3-14, more negatives, but you have to look at it as no one knows what's really going to happen. Right. I'm I'm just think of me as a forecaster. Scott and I are just forecasters up here telling you what we think. Everyone else out there writing about the Raiders, they're just telling you what they think. They're not telling you what's going to happen in the future because no one knows, obviously. But to go to your point about the national perspective of the Raiders, I have thought that since becoming a Raider writer 
10 years ago, nine years ago. It's kind of like, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're covering that franchise. It's always been a mess. It's always a dumpster fire. I hear, I hear Nick Wright on Fox talk about how the Raiders are always a mess. Anytime something happens to the Raiders, all the Raiders are always a mess. And I think that's what a lot of us content creators have to fight against that. Anytime a little thing happens, it's going to get blown up because of the Raiders recent history. You look at their recent draft class in 2020, they have two, two first round picks who had to go through the legal system because they got in trouble. Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs. So people are going to think about, Oh, the Raiders, they're poor draft picks, poor draft history. They don't win a lot. Mark Davis has a funny haircut. <laughs> All of these things to make fun of the Raiders and poke fun at the, at the franchise. So when you hear, when you see these articles about Devontae Adams, about how the Raiders are going to, you know, this, this is that, you know, this and that is falling apart for the Raiders. Just remember that a lot of national media don't cover the Raiders day to day. So they don't know exactly what's going on with the team, the intricacies, the, the finer details. So I always say this fans know their team more than most national media writers and reporters. So just understand right. that. So some of the things that they say may be a little <clears> off kilter <throat> because, again, they don't follow the team day to day. They're yeah. not up to up to speed on well, what's going on at camp or what's going on behind closed doors. Well, and Mo, it goes back to balance too, right? You got a high compliment for for you and the show and the work you do outside the show too at Bleacher Report, which is, hey, you know, you're objective, right? Which is like, as somebody who who is a journalist, highest compliment you can get, right? Highest compliment is you just report what you hear, uh, give your opinions based on fact, and that's it. And so that's great. And I think that's the problem that I see. Right, because we we had people, oh, Baldy's so negative. I'm like, well, Baldy's. I had guy arguing me that he's not credible. I'm like, you're kidding me. But anyway, each to, to each their own. But at the same time, you're looking for balance. So you're going to hear us talk about negatives. You're going to hear us talk about positives, right? And I would say that's what I see out there too. With 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 fans that I mostly interact with, they acknowledge that. And then there's fans who are constantly. And, and you talked about our good friend Lucille. She's she was dealing with somebody and a, a couple people actually who are just constantly negative. And it's not that you can't criticize the team you love. You should. That's how you sh- I mean, as a fan, you do it all the time. Just look at my tweets about the Padres. Um, and 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 you. that's part of fandom. That's great. It's part of it. But if you're constantly in 100% negative all the time, you have to ask yourself, not as a fan, but even as a reporter, if you're constantly negative, what are you doing? Like, you have to be able to to look at the balance between things. Things can go well to your point about finding the good in a in a disappointing season or having a great season and saying, you know what, we could be better because we're still deficient here. Like it goes the other way. You can look at that and say we can be better even though we won 14 games or 12 games, whatever it is, uh, and 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 become a better team. So so I, it's just real interesting. The clickbait stuff. I know fans get get used to it um, and it get you get conditioned to it. So. The Raiders are always going to be a target for that because the Raider brand is so strong and you're going to see these crappy headlines like um, the Raiders. And even when it comes from credible sources uh, are going to remove the tag on Josh J. All that stuff we've dealt with in the last week to me is nothing. And so fans shouldn't get too worked up about it. Read through stuff first because most of the time you'll find it's pretty lightweight um, and instead go to trusted resources like Mo, like our show, other shows that are good that cover the Raiders. And you'll find more of the truth and more objectivity. I, I know it's hard for some people out there to ignore things, but I try to tell people if you don't want the clickbaity articles, don't don't click on them. It's very yeah, simple. Yeah. Don't read them because yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I'm going to pull back the curtain that here at Bleach Report, we have the analytical numbers of how many people view or click on a specific Mm-hmm. column or article and if that column or article doesn't get a lot of you know looks or views we don't run that column again right but if it gets a lot of clicks or views or or people are reading it gets a lot of reads guess what we're going to run it again and and i think people get angry and they, and they read through the article and get upset and they're thinking oh i'm going to rail against this article they're never going to put it out again it's the exact opposite <laughs> you already clicked on it you read it so now the people in the analytics department are thinking okay we ran this piece and it got a lot of attention. So we're, we're going to do it again. Yeah. So I try to tell people all the time, what you don't want, don't read it. Because mm-hmm. if you read it, Just don't you're going to get more of it. 
Yeah. And that, I mean, listen, you know, from our show too, when Baldy's on, because we obviously being a, a, a podcast, we, we, our ratings, if you will, are based on downloads. And whenever Baldy's on the show, it's massive. I can't even tell you how massive it is. Right. Then we had Ross yeah. Tucker on people. We, Ross Tucker hit a chord with some Raider fans saying he's too negative. He doesn't know enough about the team. Guess what? Huge amount of downloads. So to your point, um, if you don't like somebody, don't listen. I want you to listen to our show every every show. But nonetheless, when it comes to the reading and the clickbait stuff you're seeing in Twitter, just be careful because the more you click on it, but it's the, it's kind of the accident on the side of the road, Mo. It's a terrible thing. People do slow down to look at it. Think of it in terms of TV ratings, right? TV show is not doing well because not a lot of people are watching the TV show. But if you watch a TV show because you can't stand someone on that show and you're watching, <laughs> the ratings analytics team has no idea if you're watching because you like something on it or you don't like something on it. They're just happy that you're watching it. Absolutely. And, and the same applies to these articles is that there's no differentiation of don't like like. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, are they reading this? Are they consuming this? And if they are, that's something we'll continue to do. So, I, again, for people out there who don't want the clickbait articles, don't consume it. Yes, and Howard Stern built his whole career on that. He'll tell you that. People, as many people who hated him and that loved him, and that's why he ascended so fast. So there you go when you're talking about radio. Really, I'm sorry, Scott. Yeah, one, one thing about the Ross Tucker, Baldy comments of yeah. fans who didn't want to hear from them. It's funny that when we had Baldy on the first two times, you didn't hear any, you didn't hear any real pushback because he was either neutral or positive. But the minute he's critical, it's like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I and I find that interesting because we live in a society where people want to hear and listen to or read what you know what makes them feel good not always right. what the truth is or, or honesty i always say on this show or anywhere any platform i'm on i owe people the honesty you're not right. always going to get positive you're not always going to get negative but you're always going to get my honest opinion on something and that's who we bring on hope from jose to baldy to ross tucker we bring on people who are going to give you their honest opinion whether you like it or not yeah and that's how it should be i mean and I tell people all the time, because listen, we love our listeners and our viewers. I mean, you guys, you're the reason we're here. But at the same time, if you tell me you don't like a show uh, and you you say something, I had somebody call us lazy for doing lazy journalism by reporting. I'm like, first of all, you don't know what journalism is because you're not a journalist. So you're not coming from a place of knowledge. Number two, don't watch it. Don't listen to it. That's OK. Well, I can't believe you're telling a listener not to listen. I said, well, no, if you don't like it, why would you? I mean, listen, I don't like raw tomatoes. I know we're getting food again. <laughs> like, just, you know, like my wife, my wife can cut up a tomato and eat it. It's totally fine. I got no problem with it. You put it on some bruschetta, I'll eat it. But nonetheless, I just don't eat it. I don't like it. So guess what I don't do? I don't eat tomatoes. So if I know there's a tomato, my wife's slicing tomatoes, I don't ask her for a slice. I don't go try it again. I know I don't like it. So if you don't like it, if you don't like a guest, you don't have to listen to it. But we're going to bring on various voices and that's where I like, as, as a host, Mo, I like to hear from various people. And I would hope to get on people who I can challenge their thinking, they can challenge my thinking as well. And I try to put myself in the fan shoes sometimes and ask questions like I did on, on ESPN 1320 in Sacramento when they were tossing about how bad the ownership was and all stuff. I say, I push back because I don't, I don't think, it, I think that was a myopic view uh, and I wanted to point it out. So you're going to get that all here, and hopefully hopefully we start to see that come back in fashion a little more. That's what I would well, like to well, see. But one last thing, I think the ultimate respect to show of fans is, is again, is, the, is honesty. If you're Correct. in any situation, I think the ultimate respect to any person, man to man, woman to woman, person to person, is when a person is directly honest with you about something. If a person Absolutely. is lying to you or trying to swoon you into thinking something that is not really what you think it is or right. just you're just feeding them something that they want to hear I, I think that's a lack of respect for a person because you don't think they can handle truth we're right. all grown people here right there are some people who have their had this show on with their kids in the car and i understand that but as a grown adult i think the ultimate respect to another person is to give them your honest opinion on something no question and that's yeah what we try and, to give to the fans yeah and and that's what we'll do here but but be careful of those headlines out there. Don't let them get you too worked up. That's what I'm talking about. Keep your optimism. Yeah. Even if it's a small amount of optimism, don't let people beat it out yeah. of you because you definitely need it. And Raider Nation needs it for you. All right. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, it's time for the mailbag. That's right. We'll see what you guys have to say. You're listening to Silver and Black today with Mo Moten, Scott Cabranson. We'll be back right after this. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky 
co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome back silver and black today the home stretch here on a thursday you're with scott Branson, mo moton this is an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your audio. Also subscribe and hit the notifications bell on YouTube. You can also uh, make sure you mail us your questions. This is the mailbag segment uh, where we talk with you about everything you want to talk about. Raider Nation is never shy. You ask, we answer. It's time for the Raider Nation mailbag. What's on your mind, fam? Drop us an email at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Now, it's your time to speak up. There you go. Mail at silverandblacktoday.com, or you can hit up Mo, Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. You can also leave us questions there or in the comments on YouTube. No excuse why you don't want to send in a note, leave some comments, and get your question answered. So we're going to jump into this stuff. Some interesting uh, questions today, Mo. Um, but a reminder uh, of shows coming up. We will have our postgame show right after the 49ers game. Myself and Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Mo will also have his postgame up on the Bleacher Report app. So if you haven't downloaded the Bleacher Report app, make sure you do so. You can interact with uh, with him there as well. Get his initial thoughts too. So And we'll be doing that uh, all season long. Mo will be doing that at Bleacher Report. We'll be doing it here uh, you can always watch it. The post-game show, we know a lot of people like to come on live and, and talk with Murph and I. Sometimes our friend Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby joins us. We kind of have a crew of people who move through there. Also, though, um, get on with Mo and you can talk to him live there. He answers his questions um, and and you can interact. Uh, but a lot of people listen to the Sunday show, the post-game show, Monday morning on their way to work since ours is on the podcast feed too. So you can do that however you want to do it. It's totally up to you. We appreciate it very much as the construction continues. All right. So we get people who comment on audio. There's a lot of people who like to. There you go. See, Mo's got construction work going on in this building. So that's just the way it goes. <laughs> He's worth it though, guys. He's worth putting up with the noise. So just sit there and be quiet. Okay. Let's get into the mailbag, uh, Mo. Um, here's one. Uh, it says SUP, S-U-P, S-U-P. For all you youngsters out there who know the vernacular. Sup, fellas. Love the show. Very fortunate to find you guys. Um, and the show, as other reporters or lack thereof, just were too emotionally involved. Going back to our point about objectivity and being truthful. Anyway, questions. So here, early into the start of the season, how do you guys see the production of the Raiders moving forward in years to come? Of course, I'm hoping for a playoff spot this season, but that's not realistic. So in year two or three, do you see the regime getting things on course to compete like the Chiefs, Cincinnati, or Philadelphia? P.S. Have to get a franchise quarterback, right? 
and that is from our good friend Anthony Williams. Anthony Williams, thanks, man, for putting that in. So, Mo, it's hard to say. When I saw this email come in, I was like, hmm, it's hard to say because I think this year has a lot to do with what my viewpoint on Anthony's question will be, and that is we saw last year the coaching struggle, especially early on, especially holding leads. There was a lot of issues there. They had talent deficiencies. They're addressing the talent deficiencies. Those take multiple drafts and free agents class. Um, but I look at this team and I think, well, boy, are they on the right track for two or three years to be a, co a, a competitive AFC championship team? I think it's too early to tell. Give me your thoughts on Anthony's question. Well, Anthony is right. And you need first you need a franchise quarterback. And Jimmy Garoppolo, as we know, is not that. He's a right. bridge quarterback. I know some fans are saying, how do you know he's just a bridge quarterback? Look at his injury history. Look at, you know, look at his resume. He's a bridge quarterback at this point. So that's number one. I, I don't think you can be the Chiefs or the Jaguars or the Bengals or the Bills until you get that franchise quarterback. But you can be competitive. And one of the things that I liked about so far I'm hearing from camp reports is that the Raiders secondary is coming along. So part of having a playoff team or a perennial contender is you have to have at least a decent defense. And the Raiders haven't had that in how long. The fact that their secondary is now forcing turnovers, Marcus Peters on the back end, I know he's on a one-year deal, but the fact that their defense seems to be coming along on the back end is a positive sign because that's a part of having a playoff contending squad. Now, if the defense steps up and they find their franchise quarterback down the line via draft or trade in the next year, I say, yes, they can be up there in the AFC. It, it, it could change that quickly. I mean, look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know they had the number one overall pick, and look, Trevor Lawrence looked like looked terrible under <laughs> Urban Meyer. They flip yeah. it around, and now the Jaguars, people are picking the Jaguars to go to the AFC Championship game this year. Two years ago, they were the worst team in the league. So just giving an example, it could change that quickly if you find your franchise quarterback. Now, yeah. where are the Rays going to find that franchise quarterback? Who knows? But we got to take this step by step. And I think the first step is at least their defense is showing signs of life. Correct. And I think that that's that's the incremental steps you have to see. Now, again, you look at what happens with the Raiders this year with playoffs. And, and of course, Anthony said he'd love for his team to make the playoffs. Every fan wants their team to make the playoffs. Of course. At the same time, do we see progress? Do you see progress? Do you see that defense develop? Okay. They go from 31st in the league to 21st. Okay, not saying or that that would be a big jump for them or 22nd, 23rd, whatever. You start to see them knowing that if they can get more bodies and more talent in, then maybe they can get to improve. But we've seen that from camp. Camp is camp. I always kind of make fun of it because you just don't know. Nobody gets the gold jacket because of what they do in camp. So we'll see what happens there. But it, it is incremental, and I think this year is a big year just to see. Okay, is 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 what this regime doing? showing and netting positive results from a draft perspective, from a play on the field perspective, i.e. coaching. And if you start to see that, then my expectation going into next season would be higher because they'll have an opportunity to reload again. So, so we'll see how it goes. But I think that um, it's, 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 it's sort of we're in that time frame where you're going to see that. And this is where I always am fascinated. Even, even if you don't like Josh McDaniels, the guy or the coach, you don't want more turmoil. You don't want another coach because guess what happens? It's like, you know, did you ever play? I don't know if you ever played as a kid Candyland. You remember the game Candyland? Like you get all the way. You're, I don't. Okay. Well, you're zooming up the board and then you hit a ladder and you got to go all the way back to the beginning. Okay. So that's what the Raiders have been doing with player personnel and coaching. They get up. They start to get up to the middle ground and all of a sudden they're all the way back at the down again. And so you don't want that. So I think this team... Even if you don't like him, you want him to do be successful because that means your team is one step closer to stability and is one clip, cl step closer to being as competitive as they need to be. And one other thing I'll say about this, because I know some people are going to push back and say, well, no one thought of Geno Smith as a franchise quarterback and the Seattle Seahawks have given him extension. Now he's a starter there. What I will say is that, one, Geno Smith is an outlier. The mm -hmm. outlier is, is not time. the rule, as they, as, they, as they say. The other thing is Geno Smith is available. Goes back to my point about Jimmy G's injury history. Part of being a franchise quarterback is you're available. If you're mm -hmm. always getting hurt, they're going to eventually replace you. We had Jose on last week say that, that they were tired of going through the injuries with Jimmy G. Fortnite's were a perennial contender with Jimmy G, 
But look at what he had around him. He had a strong defense. He had a strong run game. He had some playmakers. And that's why I say it's important that the Raiders' defense is stepping up because you can be competitive with Jimmy G. But eventually, if he continues to get hurt, continues to not be available, then you're going to look for his replacement. Again, that's part of being a franchise quarterback, being available. Well, and I'll close on this. I mean, you look at the 49ers, I think, have one of the best rosters in the NFL. They're they're a team to beat. I mean, the NFC is nowhere near the AFC in total. But the 49ers, but if the 49ers quarterback situation goes really south, I'm not saying it will, but if Brock Purdy can't repeat what he did last year and Trey Lance doesn't come along, you'll see what a quarterback means to a team. Doesn't mean that the 49ers won't be competitive because that defense is that good. But if they don't have a quarterback, it's the NFL, man. And if you can't have a quarterback and you can't have a quarterback stay healthy, then you're not going to go very far. We've seen it over and over and over again. So we'll see how it goes. All right. So thank you, Anthony, for that one. Uh, as we move on to our next email, this one is from our good friend uh, Jay Jordan Ford, I think up in St. Louis. He says, hey, Goalie and Mostradamus. He called you Mostradamus. Ah. There you go. I like that. See the people from the loo. I like that. They, 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 show, they show respect. I love that. See that? It says, it's Jay here. Uh, is there like Twitter groups or some form of social media group that we can start if not so toxic? Every social media platform I go on, all the Raider fans are being toxic and negative. I'm not trying to just say it's sunshine and rainbows, but I can't open a single article without having the 70% of the reaction being negative. Like if... A writer is so upset with the team. Please stop commenting on things because your negativity is just bringing the rest of us down. Sorry for my rant. I'm just really tired of seeing people who claim to love my team constantly dunk on it. That's Jay Ford up in St. Louis. I, I, I can't add to that. It's like, look, you, you people, people who are negative are negative, and they will, find, they will find negative in the positive. And I'm not saying everything's positive either. I'm just, as we, to our discussion earlier in the show, Mo. Um, you can find nuggets. You can be upset that your team does certain things, but at the same time, if all you do is talk about your team, your spouse, your friends, um, the favorite podcast you listen to, if all you talk about is negative things, eh, it's not it's not good for anybody involved. Let's talk about the obvious here. A lot of Raider fans, some of them, are negative because Derek Carr is no longer Raider. Let's just be. Let's just put it out there because it's Uh-oh. the truth. The there, there were so theory. many. There, there, there are so many Raider fans that that love Derek Carr and what he stood for, and and him being around for nine years. They're still not over the fact that he's on the Saints now, and they and they yeah. want some fans. I'm gonna I'm gonna say all, but there are, I can tell you there are some fans out there mm-hmm. who say we we want Josh McDaniels out of the door, and the only way that can happen is if he. If the Raiders lose and they fire him, we're not happy that he let go of Derek Carr. We're not happy the way he handled the Derek Carr situation. He's got to go. And there are going to be a lot of people that are going to look at the Saints and say, look, they're winning. They got Derek Carr. They're winning. They're going to compare him to the Raiders. And and I, I don't like that comparison simply because the Saints have a totally different situation than what the Raiders have. But let's be completely honest. And, and Jay's probably seen it that there are a lot of people that won't say this, but they're still upset about number four moving on, about them moving on from number four. And and in return, they want the Raiders to fail because it kind of, in a sense, proves them right. Like, see, if you had just listened to me and kept Derek Carr, we would have been fine. <laughs> and what I will say, and I'm going to say this right now, I'm going to say this on Thursday, August 10th, right? If the Saints go to the playoffs and Derek Carr looks good with the Saints and the Raiders are a poor football team. It does not mean that the Raiders made a mistake and let go of Derek Carr because it was clear that Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels didn't fit as a cohesive head coach quarterback tandem. So regardless of what the Saints do, regardless of what the Raiders do, it was the right move because clearly it wasn't working. We've read the reports now that that said they they're ready to move on from Derek Carr after, you know, early in the season, possibly yeah. after the yeah. Saints game when, when they couldn't cross the 50-yard line, but they knew right away that Derek Carr wasn't the guy for that system. So why would you keep him? Let him move on where he can flourish in a different system. I think mm-hmm. people have to let that go. Once they let that go, it goes to the Josh McDaniels discussion. A lot of people just don't believe in Josh McDaniels. They want again, they want him out. And the only the only way that Josh McDaniels is going to get fired is if the Raiders completely face plant and then fans get what they want. But I think why would you root against? Why would you want to see your team fail? And this goes back to my point about yeah. fans who want to see the Raiders tank. I get the prize is getting a, a possibly a franchise quarterback, but we don't know if that quarterback is going to be a franchise player. We don't know if the Raiders will be better to get that player. So 
Yeah. In essence, you want to root for your team to win because then you don't have to go through all these what if scenarios. Because if you just win, winning takes care of everything in itself. Right. And again, it's the Candyland principle. You're gonna you're gonna fall down the freaking slide, and you're gonna go all the way. So so you get your wish. Josh McDaniels fired because the Raiders go go two and fifteen. All right. Then guess what? Now it's the the clock resets. They won't be good again for three or four years. You want that? Really? Some people do. Some people thrive in dysfunction. That's what they want. So, but but I agree with you, Bo. It's it's a very good point. And thank you again, Jay uh, Ford up in in St. Louis for your email. We certainly appreciate it. Also, in closing, we have our good friend Gary Harkin Reader. Real quick, uh, as we get to Gary. the end of the show, Gary says um, you're probably getting flooded with comments or questions. Uh, but I wanted to comment on the deep ball issue that I heard and it raising its ugly head with Jimmy G. It treads round, uh, around water in three areas. Number one, speed of receivers. Number two, you practice. You practice stuff you're not good at. And number three, his ABC principle, always be coaching. Uh, so so it, it's one of those things. Thank you, Gary, by the way. Also, Gary's lobbying to be on the show because he said, P.S. When you see I'm right, maybe I'll make your show as a guest commentator like Murph. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. We appreciate you. And Gary's been a fan since the late 60s, I believe, if I remember correctly. So it's a good point, though. All the Jimmy G struggling interceptions, throwing deep. Um, certainly those are some challenges for him he needs to get better at. But the idea of the receiving core and getting used to throwing to those guys, the speed and adjusting to that, number two is practicing stuff he's not good at. So, of course, he's going to make mistakes. If they're challenging him to get better at throwing the ball down the field, you're going to do that. And then, of course, as he says, coaching, you I don't care what player is in what year. There's very few players who can't get better, right? Um, and even those players will tell you they can. So I think in this situation, Gary's right. Uh, it, it, it probably is exacerbated by the fact that they're trying to work on these things with the quarterback. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and just – want to clear up one thing about the whole deep ball issue because people on Twitter obviously took it very literally or purposely out of context. Mm -hmm. My comment about Jimmy G's deep ball or his non-existent deep ball wasn't the fact that Jimmy G cannot throw a deep ball. It's the fact that he doesn't do it. Doesn't do consistency. Yes. We heard Jose Sanchez come on the show last week and say he's, there are times where he doesn't even look deep. He's, he's a short to intermediate throwing type quarterback that's that's his bread and butter he's not a he's not a quarterback who's going to consistently stretch the field mm-hmm. so even with the practice and i get gary's point even with the practice and them challenging him to throw deep to Devonta Adams because they have that playmaking weapon even with that he's a 10-year veteran 19 year veteran he's going to revert to what he does and what he knows and that's, and what that's the short to intermediate field and that's what you're going to get a lot of now yeah. will he uncork one or two deep balls once or twice a game yeah, he'll, he'll, he might he may take a shot here and there, but that's not going to be the norm. What you do want to see is that if a guy is running wide open, that he's not afraid to take that shot and he's willing to stretch the field when possible. You don't want him to force it, but you want him to be capable. And I think that's part of uh, always being coachable and working on that at training camp. But just again, not, I'm not saying he cannot throw the deep ball. I'm just saying that you won't see it a lot. Correct. There you go. Gary, as always, man, we appreciate uh, your questions, your comments, and your humor, most of all, too. So thank you for that <laughs> as well. Um, all right. So if we if we look at what's coming up for you, Mo, we talked about your post game on Bleach Report. What else between now and then? I'm going to have another Bleach Report um, piece coming out. Uh, I had one come out on Tuesday. Uh, guys, though, I think are going to be preseason stars. If you haven't read that, read up on that. I listed Zamir White as a potential preseason star simply because he's going to get a lot of work while Josh Jacobs is contemplating his next move. Brent Brown got banged up at practice. Austin Walters on IR. So it's basically Zamir White and Sincere McCormick as your two young guys that are going to get a lot of the carries. But c- coming up ahead, I'm probably going to have another Raiders article coming up on, on Sports Night. Again, just looking at guys that I have my eye on in the first preseason game. And, of course, after that preseason game, I'm actually going to release my first depth chart. So the Raiders had their first Your own depth, depth chart, chart for the 49ers game. I'm going to have a depth chart after the game, and I'll update that depth chart after each preseason game to let you know the 53 guys that I think are going to make the final roster yeah, in August, late, September, late August, early September. And Mo's got a huge surprise at punter. It's going to blow you away. <laughs> I kid. I oh kid. gosh. 
They're going to bring back Marquette King. He's going to be the new punter. I, I, I still can't believe he hasn't gotten a chance. But, hey, that's life. I don't know what to say. Uh, all right, so listen, we will be back with our show, of course, a live postgame show with me and Murph. Uh, Murph will be joining me live from Allegiant Stadium after the game, so we'll be doing that. That'll be fun. Also, tomorrow you can catch me again on ESPN 1320 in the 916, as you say, up in Sacramento. I'll be on the D'Lo and KC show again, as I will be every Tuesday and Friday talking Raiders football. Uh, You can listen to it on the free Odyssey app, where you can also listen to our show uh, or any Odyssey station throughout the country. So you could do that, listen to it live. It will be at 1250 12 50 p.m pacific time tomorrow so you can do that uh, as well so we thank you also again subscribe to the show here so you can listen to mo and i every week at an increasingly fast pace as the season rolls around so make sure you do that wherever you get your audio thanks to everybody on youtube again always a lively discussion hit subscribe and the notifications bell as well there so thank you mo my friend i will see you on tuesday and we'll have a football game to talk about We'll have a football game to break down. Hopefully fans won't overreact. Who are we kidding? Yes, they will. <laughs> but we'll have fun breaking it down anyway and see football. We will. Uh, and I appreciate you, my friend. And we will all talk to you guys again as a crew on Tuesday. Make sure you stay tuned. We'll also have some uh, Silver and Black Blitz, the short shows coming up probably on Monday into Tuesday and into Wednesday next week as we get to our full mailbag show coming up here as the regular season starts. So, all right, for our producer, Mike Robier, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today. Raider Nation, have a great weekend and enjoy the game on Sunday. Take care.